0: Well, it was coined one of the most important Fed meetings for some years, but the market has filled its boost with risk assets. Now we move on to the ECB meeting, the Bank of England and the Norges Bank meeting as well, with the market riding this wave of short-term positivity. But can it last? We discuss these themes and more as we assess the trade-off. Well, hi, my name is Chris Weston, Head of Research here at Pepstone. In a very short while, I'm gonna be joined by Blake Morrow from Forex Analytics. And as always, we're gonna be unpacking, we're gonna be analyzing, navigating all the landm- lines, uh, trends, formatics in this mad world of trading. If you like what you hear, obviously hit the like button, that'd be fantastic. And it goes without saying, do your own research. So we're gonna go straight into the program and I'm gonna bring in Blake, uh, Blake Morrow. How are you doing buddy, you well?
1: I'm doing well, you know, what a great, what a great day today
0: been fantastic, isn't it, mate? And do you know what? We're gonna talk about the Fed meeting in, in, in a second in Topical Funder, but do you know what? I just wanna, before we re- revisit our, our calls from last week, I mean, it just goes to the show, right? If I told you the Fed meeting, the outcome, would you, could you guarantee you would have made money in that situation?
1: Well, no, actually, uh, no, (laughs) (laughs) no, because because if you told me, well, you know, the Fed was going to be as hawkish as they were, I wouldn't have expected today's outcome. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Right.
0: Well, I yeah. think they
1: were hawkish, but they weren't as hawkish as
0: the market was talking about. Let's talk about that in a second. Um, last yeah. week in my play of the day, I was looking at um, going along the Chinese market, the CN50 or the A50 as we, we, we put it on our to clients. Um, and it had a really nice start to the trade. I mean, it got up to 16,760, so up about 3%, but it's pulled back pretty much to break even at this point now. Uh, for me, you know, I still like the trade. I think China's going to outperform in, in 2022. I think it's going to be a great place to be for investors. You, know, you can trade in and out of those positions. But I think the market was a little bit disappointed yesterday that we heard um, that the median lending facility um, had, had a net withdrawal of about half, half a trillion yuan. People were hoping for more, you know, to try and keep the stimulus alive. We're hoping for a bit of a rate cut on the MLF. Didn't happen and people have sort of been a bit despondent by that situation. But I stand by the call. If you want earnings growth in 22, go to China. You're gonna get 30% earnings growth. You've got a central bank now that's really willing to stimulate. So I think it's gonna be a great place to be for, for longer term trends. Uh, and what were you what were you looking at last week, Blake?
1: You know, last week I was actually looking at, the, my play of the day was the dollar Canadian on the short side and, and, and to my defense, It actually dropped the next day very aggressively. I just expected a little bit bigger of a move down to the 50-day and the 200-day moving average. And we didn't quite get that, Chris. And matter of fact, the dollar Canadian was so buoyant, it rallied to new trend highs as of this morning. And, And I did actually, believe it or not, I started shorting the dollar Canadian going into yesterday into today, well, is that my yesterday? My yesterday? Your two days ago? <laughs> yeah. I have to think about that one for a second. Anyway, I started to trade on the short side. I, I and and I'm still actually short the dollar CAD. I am going to talk about it again today. I don't want to give away the entire show, but it's a, it's a it's a mover, right? It's a mover. So you've gotta you've gotta play what's moving. That's right. Well, markets can be cruel to you, Blake. They
0: can be cruel to all of us. But I think let's go into let's go into topical thunder. I really want to sort of discuss some of the big formatics that's playing through. Let's 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 check it out. Well, I've coined this one. What's the beef? <laughs> We've got to go into the FOMC <laughs> meeting, right? You know, I, I I'd love to tap your brains about this. I mean, you you're a you're a veteran in these seasoned markets, and and I, I, I asked you the question before if I'd given you the outcome would you been able to make money on this? You know, people say that you, you get the facts. I, I don't think that's going to be the case. But, yeah, the market has treated this as, as if we've been a bit dovish, to be honest. I've got my own views about what we've and obviously I can talk about this. But, you know, you've seen the dollar under pressure, big reversal in the dollar. Real rates have seen a huge reversal on the session. Gold's up as a result, and the NASDAQ's just gone for it. <laughs> Apple yep. leading the charge up 3%. And, you know, they've, they've obviously seen that as well. So, I mean, what did you take out of the Fed meeting that, that that, that moved the market so much, though. Uh,
1: you know, I, I don't know if it was a case of buy the rumor, sell the news. Uh, or in this case, it would have been sell the sell the rumor, buy the news anyway. But, but looking
0: at, I guess, isn't it really? <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly. But the 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 fact of the matter is, Chris, we got a we got a huge response in the dollar, and and I was watching price action more than anything, and I I tried to tell our traders I'm not as fast as an algorithm, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to be watching price listening to what's going on seeing some of the headlines i've got you know some people on my team on the forex analytics team that are like rattling off the headlines and putting them out into our chat rooms and on our platforms and whatnot but for me i'm watching price action and seeing the dollar not respond in a bullish manner following the announcement really got me thinking Hey, you know, maybe this was a buy the rumor, sell the news type of event, at yeah. least for the dollar. Yeah. And I was happy about that. I came into today, uh, short dollars, long Euro, long Aussie, short dollar Canadian. But I've been in those trades literally for for most of them for, for well, the Euro and the Aussie for more than just a couple of days. Yeah. So I've been playing those and they played right into my hand. But Thinking about what the Fed did, you know, I don't know. You you, you say that the Fed wasn't that hawkish, or maybe it wasn't I think one, they were that hawkish. hawkish I think
0: they were hawkish, yeah. I mean, I mean the, the, the 2022 DOT was – at uh, three, the market was looking for two. Go further out into 23, 24, and I think maybe there was a, a few people looking for a little bit more in 2024. Jerome Powell was pretty upbeat about the consumer. I mean, he was very in con- uh, upbeat about the US economy. We're going towards uh, full employment. We're gonna navigate the and, and absorb the Omicron situation pretty well. I think the equity market feasted on those comments. Um, But you know what? We're going to get 2.1% on the Fed funds rate by 2024, but we're going to see inflation in the US maintain a floor over above 2%. That's pretty hawkish. But at the same time, I think the market was looking for more, which is why we saw that reversal in real rates. Gold's loving it. The question what we've seen in the last couple of of, of Fed meetings is that initial response after the Fed meeting can be faded and reversed pretty hard in the next session. So, yeah, we've seen a bit of euphoria, very positive flow, flow coming through there. Risk assets have done very well. The session ahead, very, very important to see if it can be maintained. We've seen so many of these reversals play out.
1: We have, and I think that's uh, that's good to, to play on that. And matter of fact, that'll take us into our next subject is the ECB. Yep. And, I'm, and I'm, you know, my topic title here is going to be, can the ECB do the unthinkable? And <laughs> I know we're not going to be raising rates, but can they even turn hawkish? Chris, I mean, look, PEP is is slated to end here in March of this next year. Yep. You know, will the asset purchase program that's been in place for the last, I don't know, five, six years, is that going to be able to pick up the slack? It, you know, a lot of my colleagues have said, oh, it's just like taking, you know, taking money here and putting it in another bucket over here. You're just kind of sloshing the money around, but it's still out there. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just more curious The ECB has always been, at least in my experience, more of a following central bank. I mean, minus the the droggy doing doing whatever it takes. You know, you you got Christine Lagarde. I think I think she is going to be prone to be a little bit more hawkish following the footsteps of the of the Fed, seeing what the Fed is doing. I don't know what your thoughts are, but maybe maybe, you know, talking to your point, Chris, Maybe tomorrow is a turning point for the markets when the markets realize, hey, other central banks might be taking some cues here and getting a little bit more hawkish. It's not just the ECB. We got the Bank of England, yep. Norges Central Bank, Bank uh Who else have we got? Bank of Japan. <laughs> we- I'm missing one. Oh, Swiss National Bank, too. I mean, we got a lot of other central banks you know, coming up. What do you think? Well, yeah, like, your point
0: there, the, un- the unthinkable is is basically, in my opinion, that they they really give us no clear indication uh, about what's going to happen with the pep program and we get this kind of cliff where it's like well are they just going to be, are they just going to let it expire in march and and we're not going to have any subsequent you know pickup in the app so we're just going to be getting 20 billion in 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 asset purchases from from the asset purchase program we want clarity we want definition i mean we firstly don't want to be listening to christine lagarde when it comes to central bank speaking you know, that's one of the tougher ones to listen to, to be honest. But, yeah, I, I don't see that happening. I, I think Christine Lagarde is going to, and the ECB themselves, are going to give us some clear definition around what's happening with the PEP programme, that it will probably expire in, in 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 March, at the end of March. But what they'll do is they'll create this new envelope, envelope, parcel, whatever you want to call it, 100 billion, 120 billion euros, which is going to be additional on the APP, Backing up the twenty billion you've got at the moment, and they'll just continue to do that as, as, as far as into the end of two thousand and twenty-two and beyond if needed. And, and I think that yeah, you know, I don't necessarily think the euro is going to move too much on that. But um, yeah, I think that that would be my base case. The market, I think, is actually looking for a rally in the euro in this in this situation. Any thoughts on that?
1: Well, you know, <laughs> look what happened to the dollar today. So you know, anything is possible, right? Keep an open I'm hoping mind. the euro actually. <laughs> <laughs> well i'm i'm actually hoping the euro can stage a rally but um you know here's the thing i think everybody like yourself and everybody else is expecting it as well so when everybody expects it you know maybe we will get a reversal so. <laughs> yeah look, I,
0: I think when we were talking about what's happening with the ecb i don't know if it's going to feed into any kind of equity moves i mean look, we'll be watching the dax we'll be watching the cac and all those kind of european markets as well bank of england all those factors that as you talk about there but one that we did we're going back to the fed meeting and, and what we have seen is a really really strong rally in some of the tech stocks you know real rates came down um we've seen you know bond yields moving you know nicely off their highs big buyers coming through and tech's done beautifully on the back of that i mean we're watching apple as the sort of talisman of tech um, you know, when are we going to get a $3 trillion market cap on that stock? We're just shy of that at the moment. But Apple's leading, Microsoft's really helping. As long as those two stocks are going up, the NASDAQ's firing on two cylinders. You know, you've got Tesla doing a little bit better, the memes are doing a little bit better. But you know, the NASDAQ, everyone was touting this is, you know, on its deathbed, of bond yields are going to go higher and duration assets are going to get slammed. But the NASDAQ just flew. Can it continue, mate?
1: I don't know. You know, I, I think that's where the leadership is at, Chris. And I wouldn't want to fade it. No. I mean, how can you? It's it's like, you know, I, I, I look at I look at all these tech stocks and I and you know it's it's kind of like um that rally that that you know at some point is gonna give in. You know at some point I, I feel it as a as a veteran in the markets, being in the markets for 20 almost 25, 26 years yeah. now. The way I'm looking at it, Chris, is we are probably marching higher towards some sort of blow-off top in the market. And I think that charge is going to be led by the NASDAQ. Does that mean the top is here? I don't think so. And so I don't know where it's going to end, but I think we need to continue to follow that money higher, at least in the very near term. You
0: know, we've got… Um, once the ECB, we've got the Fed meeting out of the way, let's say a day, we get another day of, of really understanding, so positioning's done, people have reacted, their, their calmer heads have prevailed, we get the tomorrow session out of the way, we get the ECB yeah. Bank of England meeting out of the way, we get options expiry out on Friday next week if if the market hasn't sold off and it's continued to hold a bid in that situation you are I, I think you've got a real risk that people chase this market into year end just to lock in that performance what are we up 25 percent year to date you've got to get paid right and and i think if the market hasn't sold off by after options expiry you know i think you're going to get people chasing this market this idea of you know, you know chris
1: yeah yeah no i mean I, you know when you say pe- traders have to get paid Asset managers have to be paid. Look, it's it's you're either in or you're gonna get redemptions. Yeah. You are. If you're an, if you're a, if you're a portfolio manager, you're an asset manager. If you're not in and you can't beat the the index, you're out. Your yeah. money money's gonna come out of your funds. So you've got to be in the markets. You've got to chase. FOMO is gonna happen, and well, at least if we can get past of all of these hurdles as you pointed out and the grinding period between december 25th you know right after the christmas holiday into the new year that could be a grind higher it it usually is i'm looking at apple i I keep talking about it it's just you know when you've got such a, a
0: a concentration of the weight on the nasdaq between you know five stocks or so but apple is the is the driving force of this one you know are we going to get this to $200 by year end? Um, What you've got to remember as well is what people remember to remember is is that you've got all the options heads out there who are going to basically, if this continues to go up, the, the, the dealers are going to have to hedge that exposure. And that's something we do need to think about. There's a lot of upside calls being bought that's going to need to be hedged. So Apple has to be on your radar. That
1: could be the driving force there. Well, you know, I'm going to take it back to currencies, Chris, because, you know, you're talking about Apple, you're talking about the charge moving higher. You know, some of these currencies that have really been, they've been underperforming all year long would be some of the emerging market currencies, whether you're talking about the Rand, you're talking about the dollar Mexican peso, those currencies, the Mexican peso and the Rand, they have been underperformers. If we get this You want to call it a melt up. You want to call it a Santa. Oh, I forgot. You don't believe (laughs) Um, in Santa Claus. I'll call him a Santa Claus rally. You know, if you, if you believe in all that, Chris, and you believe in the the big, big heavy red man, look, you know, how do you not play emerging market currencies that have been, you know, underperforming all year long maybe they start outperforming at the very end of the year you you if you're going to get fomo you're going to get people looking around saying hey where am i going to get the best yield and in currencies it might actually be the mexican peso it might be the south african rand yep. i've been looking for the dollar rand to dip down to um 16. Uh, or uh, excuse me 1560 1570 uh, you know on on it's a big inverted head and shoulder pattern on a weekly basis but that's a big drop from where we're currently at i mean we're talking to you know couple you know several percentage points lower dollar mexican peso could very easily trade back to 20 2020 from you know where we currently trade at which is around 21. i mean we could see some moves in these emerging market currencies at the year end what do you think chris
0: well i do get worried about the dollar because i mean as i say they'll just just this is one day affair. We've got this euphoria, this positivity, this positive flow that's going through the market, but it could easily reverse. I don't trust this rally, or trust this sell off in the dollar. Um, you know, we're talking about March being a realistic situation for the Fed to raise rates now. Last week we were talking yeah. about how many rate, you know, whether it's going to be June and was that realistic. We're now really talking about whether this can be March. The Fed are going to end their QE program in March. Um, and they've said that doesn't have to be a long window. We're going to get the ECI numbers, the the, the employment cost index numbers in Jan. That's going to be influential. We get two other CPR numbers early next year, and they're going to be both probably above seven percent. The Fed could easily raise rates in March. The market in the short term may do an about turn, but then you've got this counterfend. Will that impact? Um, will that that flow impact uh, equities? We talked about the Nasdaq then, but that's something that we're going yeah. to have to look at. And if if we do see equities pull back because of this this situation that we're going to get a March hike, then Dollar mechs is going to go higher, but if we get equities going higher and then then the VIX pulls back, you know, I'm going to go. I'd be certainly looking to to go long the Mex. I think it's probably one of the standout EM currencies to be long in that situation.
1: Well, well, Chris, you're talking about March. It's it's still 2021. I got plenty of time to get long some yeah. EM currencies, right? True. Well, I just think it's just like what's going to happen tomorrow.
0: You know, we get this reversal. Yeah. So, look, I, I just think you if we, If we get past Opex next week and the market goes i'm going to bid up risk into year end that's the time when when dollar dollar mex for me is going to go lower and people want to get paid in that carry trade and the mechs continue yeah. to bang this drum that if you want to go in the EM space, go along the mex I think it's probably the place to be but um we'll see we'll see I think it's also conditional next week is the big turn go into year end I think there's money to be made in that situation but let's go into the charts. Um, yeah, let's go into a couple of setups that Blake and I have got on our radar and how we're gonna trade those. Let's go to That's a Setup. Okay, so the first one that's on my radar today is my good friend, the Aussie dollar. As you can see here, we've got this horizontal resistance level seventy um, We've had a, nearly a, like an engulfing pattern that's come through post the Fed meeting. Um, it's just really hovering there. It's kind of make or break territory. Now, you know, I, I quite like the Aussie. I've talked about, and you've been very positive on the Aussie and um, we've got agreement there, but you know, I think, a lot of this is really dependent on what happens with the equity markets and, and implied volatility and, and, and you know, also to an extent Chinese markets. I talk about the correlation between the Aussie dollar and the Hang Seng and the Chinese A50 market. We're gonna to need to see those markets push higher, but we're at this kind of break or make or break situation. And I think if we can get a close above 71, 72, The question then is, are we gonna start trending? One of my plays I wanna look at is is Aussie yen. That looks actually more constructive than we've got the dollar because as I say, if you get the US dollar continue to find bids uh, and we get the reversal playing through, then Aussie dollar is gonna sell off at this obviously clear, clear resistance level. So this is why we wait for the close above this if we're trading off daily charts. And if we print another higher high in this situation, then I'd be looking to scalp in and out of what is potentially a, a, a momentum move that's playing through. But this is on the radar now there's no trade for me i want to wait for the market to close above that level and if it kicks on then go for it and scalp in and out of that position what are you thinking on this one blake
1: well you know chris as you as you mentioned i am constructive on the aussie i'm long the aussie i was buying it just sub 70 cents or right around 70 cents and Uh, I've been playing it on the long side. I think it, you know, technically what you see there, I I, I see that horizontal line, but it's also an inverted head and shoulder pattern. Something we've been talking about today um, as I've been staring at the charts all day. And a break above 72 cents is where I start getting really bullish the Aussie. Uh, Now, you know, you got me a little freaked out though. I mean, you're talking about, hey, is this a one day aberration? I mean, are we going to get a reversal if we do? The Aussie is going to be one that's going to get smacked right back down. Again, I'm not necessarily in that camp, Chris. Yep. I think I think the dollar actually put in a pretty big reversal today yep. um, at, at the highs. You know, so technically speaking, I actually still like the Aussie. I, I think I'm gonna to have to like it until proven wrong. Yep. And I haven't been proven wrong yet, but if we drop back below 71 cents, that's where I cut my longs because yep. my cost average right now after all my ads and taking profits and, you know, on the current position I have is around 71 cents. We get below that, I can't be long anymore. So prove me wrong, then I'll be wrong.
0: Yeah, I think think you've got got to have an open mind, right? And my my thesis is that, you know, we could see a continued sell-off in the dollar, but, you know, what we've seen in the last few Fed meetings is we have an initial reaction and then that reaction changes in the session. It needs to be something we have. But we, we, we can react as traders and we don't necessarily just have to prophesize, but we have to react to moves. And if you're wrong, don't stay wrong, cut the position, get out of that. Um, but That's I think, right. you know, in this situation, if, if you were to see a continuation of that dollar selling, it breaks through that horizontal level. I think that'd be a very powerful statement in the market that the market's ready to continue to bid this pair up. And I want to be part of that situation there.
1: It was, you know, and Chris, you just said something and before we move on to gold or you can, you you know, we can move on to gold, but I want to, I want to reiterate something you just said. Yeah. It's okay. And this is what I tell my traders all the time. It's okay to, it's okay to be wrong. Yep. It's not okay to stay wrong. Yep. You know, so if you're wrong, you know, cut your losses, get out, move along to the next trade. It yeah. happens to all of us. We it all does. take losses. It does. Um. So that's good for any trader. Yeah. Now I want to tell you, turn your attention to gold. Is this time to... We need to buff gold off a little bit because, you know, there's been so many gold bulls. I talked to so many traders and economists and everybody's been bullish gold. Like for the last six months, everybody's been bullish gold and it's gone nowhere. But we had a really key reversal today. It was a false breakdown below some lows we haven't seen all the way and going back into October. We hit a Fibonacci 618 retracement. That came in at seventeen fifty three fifty five spot that you can see there and if we can get above the 200 day moving average you can see that 200 day moving average has really capped us for like the last two weeks if we can get above that i'm going to be convinced that gold is moving higher and i'm going to tell you one thing chris i wasn't watching the dollar so much today i even tweeted about it you know after the fomc I wasn't watching the dollar so much. I was actually watching gold's response. If yep. gold would have broken below 1750, I would have been very bullish the dollar. I think the dollar would have came out of its shoes. No matter where it was at, it would, it would start, it would have started ripping. But gold really held key support. And that could be that that support that holds the Aussie dollar up as well. So what do you think about gold here? Well, I think
0: if the dollar continues to sell off, then gold's going one way, right? And I'd imagine that's going to be because real rates are going lower, inflation expectations are going to stay higher, and this, this curve continues to flatten. That's a really big statement that the, the yield curves are flattening. It's something that everyone should you know, be, be concerned with, I think, uh, going forward. But I think if, if, if the dollar continues to sell off, then, then yeah, gold's going through the 200-day moving average. Without actually taking a look at any other charts, um, without looking at the dollar, without looking at real rates, yield curves or anything, as I look at that chart right now, my view is that I'd be selling and I'd be shorting into the 200-day moving average. I want to get into the top end of the range and I'll be just continuing to trade there. I think gold is uninspiring. I think it's it's lost its edge and I think you just want to continue to trade there. So I'd, I, I I'm not sure if I'm necessarily taking the other side of your trade, but I would be just, Using this this chart in isolation, um, I would be wanting to you know to fade and look at initiate short positions into 1800 and um, maybe just a little bit below into the 200-day moving average if I just take that in isolation and I want to just continue to trade that range into year end. I think that's probably the play for me there.
1: Well, you know, uh, remember when it gets over the two hundred day moving average, don't stay wrong, Chris. We just no. talked about this. I just want to make sure you adhere to that rule as well.
0: <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm a big believer that, that if you, you know, if, if you, once the position starts losing, um, it doesn't feel right. We're trying to do something about it, but you know, understand why you're, where your stops are and why they're there and, and why you're taking the loss. Uh, I think that's really important. But yeah, I just think, yeah, you know, perhaps if it gets to the top of there, we'll see how price reacts, but I'd be favoring shell shorting into that situation. Let's have a look at the All Bitcoin right. chart. I think Bitcoin's really interesting as well. You know, we saw a positive reaction coming through um, in crypto um, to the Fed meeting. So for me, like, you know, you're talking about, is it a hedge against something or is it a risk asset? For me, it's just been solidified my school of thought that, that Bitcoin and crypto is, is a high beta risk asset, it's a momentum vehicle, and uh, you know as soon as you know, real rates started going down, the dollar started going down, equities started moving up, crypto had a really nice move, Ethereum had a really move, nice move to the upside. But you know you can see that really big spike down. Um, we got below you know, into the sort of forty one hundreds, forty one thousands, and generally what you see when you see those big spikes down is is price will go on to retest that level. Um, But we haven't. We've held that with, you know, you can see that 61.8% retracement level coming around 52,000. That to me is the big level. If we can get above that, then I think we bull trend again. I think that's going to be the level you can see. And what I like about crypto is it it really respects key levels, whether it's support, whether it's Fibonacci levels. And you can see here that we got to that 61.8% retracement level. We pulled back. Um, and, and I think you know if we go into to test that sort of 50 percent level of 50 thousand you know we can go on to those that 61 percent at 52,000 and then we can start bull trending again as well but I think this is a really interesting one as well so we're consolidating at the moment I want to see a bit more buying um, I really want to see it through 52,000 um, if we can get a break of that it's on I think we're back into a nice bull market territory but at the moment we're sort of chopping around I've got my levels we're consolidating what do you think about this one?
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. You you talk about fifty two thousand, and I, and I'm going to just I just want to point out. Even on your chart, you can see it there in that blue two hundred day moving average. Yep. The two hundred day moving average is supporting Bitcoin right now. And you're right that the the upside reaction uh, following risk assets it it is clearly telling us. Look, I am a risk asset. I am moving with risk. So um, now you talk about fifty two thousand about that previous support, current resistance, that horizontal level. Uh, you know it's it's interesting chris that 52000 is actually the previous breakdown point of a channel that i'd been following that's been uh it was a it was an ascending channel from may and we broke back below we broke below 52000 so a move back above there we're moving back into that channel and that's going to end up being a false breakdown so i would actually be buying it for different reasons but yeah. that's good yep. because when you have a certain reason i have a certain reason that means traders from all walks of life, from all points of the world, since you happen to be on the exact opposite end of the earth that I'm at currently, yeah. we're both seeing the same thing. And that would make it bullish about 52,000. Question, question,
0: I mean, we've, yeah. we've we pulled back 30% from the highs. Are we using crypto, are we using memes to look through the looking glass into 2022? The Fed are gonna stop their QE program, other central banks are pulling back on theirs. Are these once liquidity beneficiaries going to struggle more as a result of the lack of liquidity, are these a leading indicator for what life looks like in 2022? We don't have enough time now. I can hear the bell going off, but you can, yeah, you know, there's a question that we've got. Is, is, is crypto, these liquidity beneficiaries, memes, GameStop, all these kind of places, are they showing us what life looks like in 2022 under a, under a, a, a non QE environment? I think that, that's something that, that, that is really interesting for clients as well.
1: That is something I'm going to be pondering about many hours after we are finished here. So <laughs> There you go. <laughs> All right. Let me take you to the U.S. dollar Canadian. I told you we we're going to talk about it again today. And the thing about the dollar Canadian, I don't know if you can see that last candle there, Chris. Yep. That last candle, That that's that's a pin bar, sure. uh, shooting stars. You know, it's hard to get a shooting star in, a, in the FX market. Um, gravestone doji, some people may, may translate that as. I'm just going to say it, it's a failure above 129 which we've seen multiple times this year. And I'll tell you, I don't mind being on the short side while we're below 129 now. And I know you, you kind of got me a little thinking about the dollar here, but at the same time, can we be in just more of a range and, and, you know, you can talk about OPEC, but I, you know, I I look at crude oil and crude oil looks like it's going to stage a bit of of a continued rally recovery, maybe into the high seventies. And if that's the case, Maybe that dollar Canadian might find its way back to the 50-day moving average. The same thing that I said last week, but what it did do today is it proved that it is a failure above 129. And being that it keeps failing up there, I'm not sure I want to be long, especially with that false breakout. I was—I told you I was watching price action today. That false breakout really got me thinking, you know, I don't know. And, and, and also now we're past the FOMC. We, we don't have the Bank of Canada we have to worry about. So now it's all about risk aversion, risk appetite. And if stocks continue to stage that end of year, Santa Claus, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. I shouldn't be saying that. Uh, <laughs> so that that end of year rally, <laughs> yep. that grind higher, the FOMO trade, if everybody's following that trade up then maybe the dollar canadian has some downside here. Yep. I don't I don't think we're going to 120 again but could we see 127, 126? I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities. Yeah. What what do you think here Chris?
0: Yeah, look, I mean the the pin bars, I mean it's it's kind of like a similar situation as the Aussie, right? We don't have the 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 same price action uh, and the rejection from those highs that we that we did in the Aussie, but we're waiting for that Aussie to to close above 71 72 and again that would be thematic of this Continued dollar selling, this risk-on mantra that we're seeing through, real rates pushing lower, and in that environment, what you're going to see is exactly the same as the Aussie is going to push higher. Is that you're going to see um, a follow-through from from the, the shoot or from from the pinbar reversal, and that's that's the cue to get short. So for me, I'd be looking at, uh, at stop orders or, sh- or sell stop orders just below the low of of, of the day's um, low. And effectively, what you're doing is. You know, in the new session, you, if that pushes through that low, you're taking a ride and hitching a ride. That dollar weakness comes through, so it's a momentum trade. What you want to see with those big reversals that you see that you see there is that the structure has changed. The bulls, the dollar bulls, were very firmly in control. The bears are showing their hand now. The question is, is can this actually change? Can the structure continue to do it? So I would use weakness as a momentum vehicle to continue to push down. If it bounces, so what? You know, the dollar rallies. Um, but if we, if we if if it continues, I want to be part of that trade. And that structure, that chain of ownership is, is, is very much there as well. So really interesting uh, setup you've got there, Blake. We've got the rejection, you've got the pin bar. Now, can it follow through? And that's probably what I'd want to be part of as well. But let's go to the final section where Blake and I are gonna give our plays of the day. What continues to be this risk-on, risk-off mantra—it's a horrible saying. we kind of developed it many years ago, but it's—it's it's, it's very true. You know, markets are aggregators of sentiment. We work on fear and greed. Um, and that's kind of what we're looking at. A lot of what we're talking about today is is, is kind of risk on, risk off. Um, I talked about the Aussie dollar. We'll have a look at Aussie yen. Aussie yen has actually broken and closed above that consolidation. It's made a higher, higher. We've gone through the 100-day moving average, or sorry, the 20-day moving average. The five-day exponential moving average is starting to move higher. Um, I want to be long in this position now. Um, you know, I've talked about the Aussie wanting to see it close against the US dollar above that level. Well, we've actually got that now in, in Aussie yen as our forward-looking predictor of sentiment. Um, so I think you know, if we do see a reversal in the dollar, if we do see bond yields moving higher, then Aussie Yen's going to go lower. But I'll put a stop on this one about 50 pips away. That's half an ATR. It's quite an aggressive stop, um, but it's also in line with the one-day implied volatility move that we're seeing there as well. So if I'm wrong, I'm wrong smalls, and I'm going to get cut out, but that will probably coincide with a much stronger dollar. Um, but I want to run this one up into 82.50 and, and, and into 83, and apparently that will that will continue to go higher. But I've got a stop loss in this trade at 50 pips. That protects me if we do see this risk off situation that could happen. The market doesn't take a different view on the Fed meeting. And I just want to run this high because this is broken out now and I want to be in in that position as well. So what do you think on that, Blake?
1: No, you know, hey, I like everything, all Aussie, all everything. So I'm in. I like it. You know, this is one of those trades that I wouldn't mind trading as well. And, you know, one of the things that I like about that Aussie yen is that I like the fact that uh, the dollar-yen is trying to make it back above 114. You know we've got uh, we've we've got the 112.50 holding in the dollar-yen. That's supportive. The Aussie is very supported on dips above 71 cents. So that translates into an Aussie-yen that looks bullish. So I like it. Good stuff what are you looking for yeah i don't want to fight it <laughs> i'm going to take you into my trade of the day yeah which is going to be the euro swiss now you and i chris a few weeks ago before we you know before we had our first episode of uh of of the uh, of the trade-off i i tell you we were talking about the euro swiss and about how beat up it was and it's finally in my opinion finally starting to show some signs of life we have the ecb and the swiss national bank tomorrow i always tell our traders I'm not a big fan of buying Swiss francs. I just, I'm not, you know, they intervene. Um, it's it's overvalued currency on many metrics. I, I just don't like being long the, the Swiss, although it has been very strong. There is an opportunity, I think, near these levels to be on the short side of the Swiss franc. And so I'm trying to get long actually probably overnight i'll have some orders that are that are below the market closer to 104. i don't want to risk below 103.80 i think it's starting to carve out a higher low and the fact of the matter is if we can break back above the 105 level that previous breakdown point that's that big blue line you can't see it if you have to keep going to the left to see it we get back above 105, 105.10 That is going to be a bullish move. In my opinion, it's going to take us back towards the 200 day moving average. I'm not saying this is going to be a trade that I'm going to be long for the next several weeks because it's going to take several weeks to get back up there. But I believe back above 105, it is bullish. 105.10, 105.20, it is bullish. I am trying to get long a piece. I I know it's counter trend. I want to take a small position here. I want to add to it on a break back above 105.20 and if i can get long but that's how i want to play this i think it's oversold you see the relative strength diverging what do you think of this as a setup
0: i think yeah good setup um i wouldn't be in the trade myself just because i I just don't want to have any exposures ahead of the european central bank i just think it's too crazy i have no idea what lagarde's going to do i think the risks are skewed to a stronger euro i think um you know i I think that, that you're you know i'd rather be long euro swiss than than short but at the same time you know, she's very unpredictable. The ECB are very unpredictable. It could go either way and you've got a big volatility event, a potential volatility event I- inside you there. So yeah, a difficult one to, to to be long over that, but I think the risks are probably skewed to a stronger Euro, we'll have to see there. That. But that's all we've got time for folks. Um, you know, Blake and I have discussed all the mad world of trading. We've talked about the Fed meeting. Can this dollar weakness continue into the session ahead? I'm not so sure it will but we keep keep an open mind. And if it continues to sell off, there's some great trading opportunities in Aussie dollar and dollar cad that Blake's talked about there as well. And we'll revisit some of these ideas as we go through the new year. Now we are on a bit of a break until, until uh, post-Christmas and into 2022. Uh, so we'll have, hopefully, you obviously hope, a, have a great Christmas if you're going to celebrate it and have a good festive break. And we'll see you in 2022. So good on you.